We are back for another episode of Too Many Men. Eric, John, and Trish here on a Tuesday evening. A Tuesday evening in which Aaron Judge just hit home run number 62 about 10 minutes before we started recording this episode. Mm. And the the video of it is is graceful, to say the least. Truly something to behold. As you as you as you witness a fan jumping off the railing in an attempt to try and get that lat ball number sixty two, as another fan is catching it at the same time, it's, well, it's truly amazing. Well, I told Trish before we started recording. If I was in his boat, I would have done the exact same thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, unfortunately for him, the ball did end up getting caught because it made the gap. But had that ball fallen in the gap, that man made an absolute champion of a move. Although, if he didn't immediately take that ball and throw it back up to his friend in the stands they were going to lose that ball oh, because 100%. the second security came and grabbed him they would have just taken the ball away <laughs> no doubt and of course it happens in texas of all places like literally one of the last places we'd expect home run number 62 to be and it's kind of crazy that you know the more i think about it being in texas you know because remember, this series was supposed to be the first series of the year. But they had to push it out due to the lockout. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this whole, you know, this Braves-Marlins series, the Mets-Nationals will get to the Mets. Uh, and home run number 62, all, you know, kind of in, you know, unique situations. It is because this, you know, it's because of the, the whole lockout that started at the beginning of the year. So well, it, that just means yeah. that it would have happened earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, it means it would have happened, probably would have happened, might have happened in Yankee Stadium. Well, when did he hit 61? 61 he hit in Toronto about a week. That's when it would have happened then. Okay, yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> unless let's, he hits, unless he hits another one, in which case that would have been where he hit 60. Yeah. But either way, congrats to Judge that that man is going to get a lot of money this off season. I'm, I'm sure he's relieved just so he can actually go on social media and like not have to deal with the noise of people being like, yo, but can you imagine if he doesn't hit 62, like uh, six, I think 61 tying that record is an accomplishment in itself. It's stupid that people would have been like, Oh yeah, well it's a tremendous choke. I mean, they're batting, they were batting around him so much these last few weeks. Oh yeah. He was getting the Barry Bonds treatment. That's what he was getting. I guess, but you know, I guess that's the good thing about, you know, him hitting 62 is I guess we'll never, have to deal with that again, you know? Because, yeah, he finally silenced all the doubters. It is a season for the ages. That man should unanimously win MVP. I'm sorry. I know what Shohei Otani does is amazing, and it's great. But we just witnessed a historical season, potentially a triple crown season as well. Yeah. And also, I feel like, you know, with the Yankees in a very prominent playoff position, like, what does the MLB playoff picture look like for the Angels? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the whole thing is, you know, the um, the Yankees are the two seed. And I will say this, although the Yankees start off really, really hot this year, they've tempered off since the All-Star break. And Judge is really the one of the only reasons that they're still the two seed. They'd be in the playoffs, but what he is doing is leading them, dragging them along. So, yes, congratulations to Judge. It's a shame we don't have Zach here, but the other New York team had a big series this weekend against the Atlanta Braves. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. The nightmare scenario. Yeah. All three. 
Ouch. This hurt. This hurt. I don't like I'm almost without words to be honest, man. Just because you knew going into it that we just needed one. Just needed one, man. And after and after, like, you know, you just had that. I don't know about you, Eric, but I had that feeling in the pit of my gut after the Grom and Scherzer had their two were two terrible outings. You know, after if they took our best shot, you know, still won us handedly. I just did not have a good feeling about that third game. Yeah, and I real I didn't have a fe- a good feeling really going into the Degrom game. I had the best feeling about the Scherzer game, and even that was a letdown. But granted, we don't have our resident Met Man Zach here, you know, to to rant and rave about whatever it was that we just saw this past weekend. But you cannot go down like that. All you do is win one game. Yeah. Couldn't do. But, it. Let's, but listen, I will say this, you know. Anyone who's trying to consider this a wasted season, you know, even without the division, it's it's no, it doesn't. It is. It's still like you're still in the playoffs. It doesn't matter, you know. Yes, the, winning the division would have obviously been a great. That would have been huge, you know, for us. But you know, it's not over. You know, we still we still have a chance. You know, you know, it's just, now we just have to get there. I mean, we have to, have to perform when we actually get there. You know, it's not what you actually want. Though you don't want your team having to get right in the middle of October, but. Well, fuck it's where we're at right now. <laughs> as of as of the current recording, the Braves are beating the Marlins two to one. If the Braves win any more games against Miami or the Nash or the Nationals beat the Mets in any fashion, uh, the Braves will win the NL East title. So we'll keep an eye on that. That may be decided before the end of this podcast, for all we know. But yeah, the thing is this. I now this just maybe me as a fan. I don't know. I don't think it's a collapse as much as it is a choke. Um, you know, we had that, that whole discussion on Friday's episode about the placement in the standings with the Mets and the Braves. It doesn't matter now. Um, but the Mets, since June 1st, were the sixth best team in baseball. The Braves were the second. You know, that you're winning. The Braves were winning at such an unreal pace. And the Mets just got tired down the stretch. It's not a collapse because they're still making the playoffs. They're still going. But it is a choke job if you do not win this division. Because you had that 10-and-a-half game lead and you let it slip away. It just really uh, – I mean, I don't know if you saw the – I think that we the We Gotta Believe Mets page posted it, just the the, lot, the graph chart, like charting the division – uh, first place in it throughout throughout the season, and you know we were controlled for so long, man. With that, no matter like with that one, and then of course, just right at the end, man, gone. Like it would not shock me if this set the record for most days in first without winning the division title. Um, but still, the actually, John, the the moment I knew we were going to lose the division was when I saw that leaked T-shirt online of the Mets NL East champion shirt. The minute I saw that, I'm like, there's no way we win the division now. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's more frustrating just because, like, you know, it's, it's dude, they're so good, the Braves, man. I mean, like, it's just frustrating, you know, because well, we're having our best year in, like, I don't know how long, man. And it's just to have this happen and just undermine it, you know, like, what we nothing you can really do about it except you know just like freaking you know toss your hat you know but like freaking I don't know they're already having interviews with the guy who caught 
number 62. They're mm. already escorting him out of the stadium. <laughs> and he's really a Texas fan? Yes, the, my, the man's name is Corey Humans. Uh, he is from Dallas, Texas. That's lame. That caught the ball. Get out of here. I mean, what what did you expect? <laughs> like a Yankee fan. I, I mean, there there's over there. There's just a greater statistical chance of it being a Ranger fan. Than you know, it whatever. All right. Like, but should have been a Yankee fan. <laughs> uh but yeah, that's that's the latest in baseball. Now, before we get to the NFL. John wanted to talk a little bit about the Phoenix Suns losing to an Australian basketball league team in the preseason. Oh, John, what happened? Dude, it's it's just funny. That, I mean, it's exactly as it sounds, Trish, man. Just, this doesn't happen. You know, every every preseason, there's always one mm-hmm. team that has an exhibition game with, uh, you know, in a, like a, an abroad, like an abroad league, you know, just, you know, for uh, NBA exposure for international audiences. It happens in the hockey. Difference, yeah, yeah. The only difference is we don't usually lose. <laughs> <laughs> like this is, I don't think this has happened in quite a long time. I believe the last team to lose to a foreign uh, NBA team in pre, or a foreign basketball team in preseason, excuse me, was the Nets, the 2013 Nets, I believe, that like won like seven or something like 12 games and like that. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So the whole team was playing, like all the starters, everything. Yeah, yeah. Chris Paul wow. was playing. Devin Booker, mm. uh, DeAndre That's Aiden. Awesome. Like the best part was Booker. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram, but he posted the LeBron clip from after he lost the 2011 Finals, where he was like, you know, at the end of the day, haters are gonna hate, but at the end of the day, I'm LeBron James, and they're, and they're just gonna have to go back to their regular lives. <laughs> <laughs> like. Devin Booker, I think, has probably an argument for maybe the so- the new title for the softest player in the league. This is the man who asked for the Raptor mascot to be kicked out of the court because he was talking, he was too distracting to him last year. And yeah. this is the guy who asked for people to stop double he- double teaming him and pick up. <laughs> That's is- wild. Also, with the Suns, oh, another 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 funny red flag for their coming season. DeAndre Aiden and uh, their and their coach of the year, uh, Monty Williams, has they've not spoken since the playoffs, since Game Seven, apparently. So, not not what you're looking for. No, not not what you're looking for to repeat as the first seed. Yeah, and John, thank you for filling in those those details. But yeah, you're the defending best record in the league, and you're losing to an Australian team. I mean, they were shooting lights out, too. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if it's just, like, bad defense by the Suns part or they were just not playing. But, I mean, for the last two games that they've played, being game seven against the Mavs, they got blown up by, what was it, like 40-something points? Yeah. And then this most recent game where they lost to an Australian preseason team? Yeah. I mean, like, bro, <laughs> what's going on? And really, really quickly, the other, the one other story I want to talk about. Did you guys see the competitive fishing scandal. Yes. That is crazy. That is the greatest thing of all time. First of all, how are you going to put eight pounds of weights inside of that fish and think that no one is going to notice? John, have you been, been hearing about this scandal? I've, 
I'm not informed of. Oh my god, okay. Yeah, so big fishing competition, huge, right? Now, I don't know if you know a lot about competitive fishing, John, but uh, it, it is very serious. They take it very seriously. Yeah, like the- there's also there's a good there's some money on the line when it comes to competitive fishing. If you get first place, you get you know you get a nice little check. Yeah. So these guys uh, spat in the face of the integrity of professional fishing and just shoved giant lead balls inside of these fish. Giant weights. Yeah, increase the weight of the fish. Well, they were like they looked like almost cannonballs. Like that's that's they were just like these big lead like like legit balls. It was crazy. So then they weigh them. The whole thing. I saw the whole thing on camera. They weigh the fish. The people are like, oh, that's, you know, whatever weight. That's crazy. You know, you guys did really good. Blah, blah, blah. They're like, all right, you know, we'll we'll get a big check cut out to you. Go take your picture with the fish and we'll we'll move on. So they, you know, they go, they put the fish down. They're taking pictures with the fish. They put the fish down again. Someone walks over to the fish. I, I think it's because those fish did not look like they were the weight that was officially on the thing because eight pounds of weight was inside of that fish. That's a ridiculous amount. And for good reason. too. Yeah. So the guy goes over, inspects the fish a little closer, starts opening the fish up. So the people who own the fish walk back over and are standing there watching this guy, knowing they're caught, not doing anything to stop him from getting the fish. So now this man is taking it. He opens it. He sees the weights inside the fish, goes, yep, fish weights. And then a whole crowd is there out of nowhere. They just appear and they're all screaming at these two guys who cheated. (laughs) Get Uh these guys the fuck out of here. They ended up getting dragged out in handcuffs by the cops. Handcuffs. Yeah, they were actually arrested at the event. Serious stuff. Uh, Because it was uh, that the prize money was enough to have them charged with fraud. Jeez. And the yes, yeah, so they were criminally charged with fraud. Yeah. I, I, uh, I like I like the image of the guy just like gutting the fish, shaking it a little bit, and the weights coming. I was like, ah, has I no, got no, it wasn't weights. gutting the fish and shaking it a little bit. This guy was like elbow deep inside of this fish, pulling these weights out. Yeah. Just like cut a slit him and just was pull, reaching in, pulling them out. <laughs> Just going all in for just it. Just screaming, yep, weights. And then just started pulling them out. And there was like five or six of those motherfuckers in there. I'm like, bro. Uh, according to just stuff. You really like pack this thing full. No, according, when that get, oh, according, sorry, go on. according to NBC News, the two men, Jacob Runyon and Chase Comiskey, they would have walked away with about $30,000. Instead, they are disqualified from the tournament and are being investigated, like you said, Trish, by the, uh, the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. Oh yeah, dude, they're they're in, some, they're in some deep water right now. I, funny, funny. I got that. It's yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, John, were you gonna ask about that? Oh, you know, so for those two guys, I mean, in the video, if you guys saw it, I I, I definitely haven't yet. Can you see them like being very nervous as the guy finally starts to check out the fish, or is it like? Cause I know you said he didn't say anything. I mean, oh, can you say in that moment? But like, oh, I I would be. I, <laughs> I I I assume they looked at. I didn't see the video, but I I heard. I saw the still photos, and if I was in that position, I'd be like, "Oh God, oh no, oh dear." <laughs> Grab the fish, throw it over the overboard. 
Uh, what do you mean? You nothing. nothing. We did nothing. But yeah, that. Let's get to football. Yes. Let's let's uh, get to uh, to football. Uh, packed week, packed weekend. Did, uh, did we get to cover the Thursday games? The Thursday game last we episode. We did because we were t- we were talking about Tua. Yeah. Uh, hold yeah on. Was... Speaking of last episode, John, what what, what what happened? We talked about that already. I I do not no. remember. No, he, the he, audience he... the audience doesn't need to know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I don't remember what happened, but I okay. Know. So so so, so here's here's what happened. Here is what happened. Yes. So what happened was we now Tony has the policy of when somebody isn't on the podcast at the particular time, it is quote call until he answers. We each call John about three times. I called John like three times. We each called him three times. And I said, you know what? I don't think he's answering. Let's just start the thing. And then we get a text Saturday, 12.55 p.m. in our text group chat. Yo, my bad, guys. I totally passed out at like 9.30 last night and my phone died. <laughs> John, you piece of shit. Listen, I can't, I can't, first I can't of all, help it. I can't help it. Your phone happens. was not dead, sir, because it every time I called you, it, it, rang, it, it rang. It would rang. Well, let me tell you exactly what happened, okay? Okay, defend yourself. I fell asleep on the couch right. watching Game of Thrones with the family, oh. as, it, as 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 happens from time to time. As, as you should. Okay. House of the House right. fantastic. So listen, Understood. so I passed out. Mm-hmm. 11.30, I wake up to a text from Eric saying, we're going to be starting in a few minutes. And I'm like, what? And I look at my phone battery, and it's at 1%. And I start <laughs> writing out a text to Eric. And it literally dies as I send it. And I'm like, you know what? I was asleep anyway. I'm not going to bother charging wow, the phone John. and then getting in touch with everyone. <laughs> wow, John. I can wait. It, it wow. be like that, huh? <laughs> I like how you were, the, you were mid-text to me, too. I can't believe you, John. It happens, man. Listen, just can't believe act you like you have act, you've fallen asleep mid-podcast a few times like that. That's true. <laughs> I have indeed. However... <laughs> I did not just say, you know what? Fuck it. And then not, <laughs> you know, get I, on the show. I, I figured I either go on 100% or not at all, you know? So mm. you're welcome, I, I suppose. You're welcome for not having you on. Let's get to the foosball. <laughs> Let's get to the foosball. <laughs> bet, you, bet, you, bet you, John, you were up for the 9.30 a.m. game from London, though. I was at, I was actually at church like a good like a good boy. <laughs> oh, cool! I was watching my football team. <laughs> Minnesota defeats New Orleans 28-25. This Wait. game almost gave me a heart attack. <laughs> uh, the double doink at the end is what sealed it for Minnesota, as the Vikings remain undefeated in England, three and one on the season. Saints fall to one and three as Andy Dalton. Threw for 236 yards and a touchdown. The banged up Saints they were. Close one at the end there, wasn't it, man? Yeah, a little too close. I mean, like, I, I mean, well, I was following the group chat, the text between you, Zach, and Tony throughout the entire game. Not some, not big supporters of Kirk Cousins, I take it. I didn't watch this game. Well, here, here's the thing. 
all that mattered to me was getting the win. And I was like, they, they, each team gave each other prime opportunities to win this game. Um, but when they hit that field goal to take the lead 28, 25 with 40 seconds to go, I almost sent a text to the group chat and it was going to not be well received. That said, quote, they left too much time for Andy Dalton. I really felt that way. And they almost got that field goal up. And that gave me a little, little bit of a flicker in the heart. Um, but then it was a double doink. And mercifully, they held on to, to the win. Uh, but the other thing is this, and I sent this in the group chat. New Orleans sitting at one and three, not looking great right now. They don't own their first round draft pick next year. Yeah. Eagles picking six right now, currently, as a, according to Thankathon. NFL draft order. God bless Tankathon. I know. Thanks. Thank God for them. Otherwise, how would we know what team's picking in what week? John, as a Justin Jefferson fantasy owner, you must be very happy with what he did. Oh, man. He's unbelievable. I just, I need him to do that every week. You need him to go for 10 receptions, 147 yards. Listen, if Cooper Cup can get 10 receptions and like that amount of fantasy points every week, he comes from, like, Kevin O'Connell. He's supposed to be this offensive guru, man. I feel like they keep they, – they've been playing a little bit conservative for my liking, honestly, on offense. So I need, I need to see more. And he had a jet sweep for a touchdown as well. Might as well throw that in there. Yeah, that, um, was, that was a great play. John, why are you twisting the knife with that Cooper Cup dig knowing he didn't play that well this week? He had, he had 24 points. He had 24 points. That's not, you know – that's not expected. What, what? what do you mean? He had like 35 last week. All right. So you're judging him by his best game, not a floor of 25. That's a, down, that's a down week for him. Okay. Trish, he had 16.4 in our in our uh in our other league last week. If he didn't have uh like 30 points, it's a it's a bust. It's outperforming every other wide receiver in fantasy as, <laughs> as a game that's like equal with top like five, wide receivers five to fifteen. And he's like a he had fourteen catches for one hundred and twenty two yards. You know, yeah. but like listen, he I, I need to be Jerry Rice every week. <laughs> he needs to be better. All right, I honestly didn't look at what he got this week, and I assumed <laughs> he did poorly because they only scored like nine points. So that's on me. I'm gonna be real with you. <laughs> I'm on that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I mean, that the reason why he can do well and the Rams c- still can't win is because their entire game plan is basically Stafford drops back, finds cup, question a qu- bunch of question marks, and then like hopefully win. But like they have no other like actual strategy other than that, man. I mean, like hey, if Cup as a Cooper like- Cup fantasy over owner, I'm here for it. Just keep throwing the ball to Coop. All right. John. Sean, the opposite of Arthur Smith, McVay. <laughs> I only care about fantasy. Well, speaking of speaking of Arthur Smith, that's a good it's a good segue. Uh, in a game that none of us got right. Mm. Um, yeah, what what the hell, Cleveland, losing 23-20 to Atlanta, an Atlanta team that was struggling with a, a weakened Cordero Patterson and Olamide <laughs> Zacchaeus being the top receiver. It's and Mark Mariota like, going for seven for 19. They lost to an Atlanta team that only had seven completions. Atlanta yeah, how, is tied, how are you going to do that? Atlanta's tied for first in the NFC South. Wait, 
I need to, how, who scored on the, in this game? Because didn't Patterson go down? Oh, he did score, but he went down. He did score, but he went down. Caleb Huntley touchdown. Cordell Patterson touchdown. Uh, must be a good young Hoku day. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Okay. There it is. I was like wondering. I was like, where did these points come from? How did Cleveland lose this one? I will say, yeah, they, they did lose this game, right? Oh, I think man. a lot of the Jacoby concerning Brissett parts still played well, too. Yeah, and he Jacoby ran for a Brissett, touchdown. Oh. Jacoby Prissett, I don't know if this is a hot take. This is a hot take. Look on my side. He looks better at quarterback than Baker, and like he has more command of that offense than Baker ever had. I don't think that's a hot take. No, I don't think so either. And we'll we'll talk about Carolina. And I feel like that's just becoming more and more justified as we see what happens in Carolina mm-hmm. week after week. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse over there. But uh, I think the more concerning thing with Cleveland, and you've seen this in actually almost every one of their games, is that defense is very suspect. And they keep cho- – like, can you go up a little bit, Eric? I'm trying to see the scoring summary. It yeah. seems like in the latter, second half of these games, they keep letting up points you know to the other team like 13 points in the fourth to atlanta by the way that's the game right there i also want to point out when john says scroll up we're doing um screen share so we're all we're looking at the the stats as this as this goes on but yeah atlanta known for come from behind victories uh 13 the fourth quarter it's definitely a cause of concern i mean you saw i saw we saw my jets you know and we saw, the, again, with the game the week after that, uh, the Thursday night game with the Steelers, them coming with an onside kick of coming back in that game. Just a lot of reason to be concerned for that defense. Although I will say Brissett has definitely played better than you can ever hope for a backup to play. Nick Chubb is turning into a top three running back in football. 19 carries, 118 yards in the score. I mean, this is just an amazing performance every week from him. It's just a matter of when he gets in the end zone at this point. I was playing, I was playing the the Nick Chubb fantasy owner this week in my league, and he only had he had four points with like twelve minutes left in the fourth, and I was like, okay, just wait. I'm like, I'm like, it's it's too early. <laughs> and what do you know? Yeah, 120 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, Cleveland two and two, Atlanta two and two. Uh, Cleveland tied for first in the AFC South. Atlanta tied for first or AFC North for Cleveland. Atlanta tied for first in the NFC NFC South. They will take on Tampa on Sunday for the division lead. They're going to lose. Speaking of chokes in the last bit of the game, oh boy, Baltimore. You had this one. They had, well, speaking of defenses, that got a lot of stuff to work out. And that happened to be in the AFC North. And you let Hello, it slip Baltimore. away. 20 to 10 at the half. 20, 20 to 10 at the half and losing 23 to 20. This yeah. is the second time in three weeks that Baltimore has let up a big lead at the uh, in the second half. Yeah, in fact, like, how, wasn't it, it was, I think it was a 17-point lead, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 17-point lead. They were up 20 to 3. It was 20 that's, to 10 at the half. That's, yeah, that's two games in three weeks where they've done that. Blown yeah. 17 point leads. That's very much of a cause for concern. Easily That's, Lamar's worst game of the year 144 yards, two picks. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. That, that Bill's defense is very much like, you know, a good unit. I mean, they got Jordan. I think Jordan Poyer is back, right? 
I believe so. I know Micah hides out for the year. This was a banged up defense coming in. And it showed for the first little bit because Baltimore's just running the ground on him. JK, early touchdown. Lamar throws a strike uh, to, um, oh, my God, uh, JK, two touchdowns. J- so he had a rushing and a receiving. Two touchdowns for J.K. Dobbins. He is back. But past that, Baltimore could not get anything going. Neither could really. I think that was a game in the rain, I believe. I think they were dealing with some of the remnants from uh, Ian, I believe. So weather game yeah. having something to do with that. But, you know, for a game that was projected to be an offensive shootout, you know, for, uh, you know, for much of the week leading in, up to it, you know, not not so much the case. No, it was very much like a like a slog, a slog. I would say the fourth quarter with both teams. You know, threatening to make a push. Should both times coming short a few, uh, like coming short until finally Buffalo able to pull away at the end there. Trish, as a as a fantasy owner of big game wide receivers, how do you feel about Stefan Diggs four receptions, sixty two yards? I know you have him in our other league. I do. Yes. I mean. You know, it, it, I love Stefan. He's a good player. Hold on, let me let me go to that team. Give me a second. I need to look at what he what he put up last week. Because Stefan Diggs single handedly beat me two weeks ago. Yes, he did. That was that was tough. I still haven't won in that league. I no. still, yeah, and and I just saw the text from Jake that says anybody interested in Kyler Murray, and I'm considering texting back and saying, "What do you want?" Oh man, who do you have as quarterback? I had Trey Lance. Oh. Uh, and I had to replace him with Mariota, who did nothing. So I might text him and say, What do you want for Kyler? You want Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> <laughs> I just or, can I can I entice you with I don't know, Jameis is hurt. Uh <laughs> uh the uh, big Ben Roethlisberger, who's apparently <laughs> in the Jets, according to uh or this <laughs> website. <laughs> for some oh, reason, the Jets. The Jets. That's what it says. He's a free agent, but it's had, oh. has him. Oh no, I think that has him playing the Jets. My bad. It still continues. Oh, my Pittsburgh got QB. It. Got it. Got I was going to say my that's bad, the last. My bad, my bad. That's the last mentor that Zach Wilson needs. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it? No, this, I mean, at that point, you just have to freaking lock Wilson up in a cage and then keep him away from all the moms. Like. Mm. Yeah, Trish. Uh, he got you ten point two points. Yeah, yeah. I just looked. You I know, mean, uh, it feels like a lot of these uh, wide receivers and a lot of running backs too this season have been very hit or miss in games. Other than Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup is a legit. You know, he's reliable. Like he's, he's always there for you. He's ridiculous. But other than him, like everybody has been very hit or miss. But yeah, Buffalo ends up getting the win. Uh, Three and one on the year, moved back into a tie for first in the AFC East with the Miami loss on Thursday night. The Cooper Rush show continues in Dallas. He is still undefeated. A 25 to 10 victory over the commanders, the one in three commanders. And now there's rumors of a potential quarterback controversy when Dak Prescott comes off injured reserve uh, with the way Cooper Rush has been just leading the team to victory. Um, John, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys with Cooper under center? Yeah. I'm well, I'm well, I'm obviously impressed with how he's played, but 
I wouldn't go so far as to say that's a quarterback controversy worthy. I would just mean think that means, okay, now you know that you have a competent backup that if, you know, anything happens to Dak, then you, you have the confidence that this guy can keep the show running, you know? No, and that's false. Incorrect. You're wrong. I mean, why do you say no? He's played. I, I feel like he's played some. Oh, Cooper Rush came in. Okay, hold on. No, too. By the way, yeah, it was. Well, what's the Cowboys' record right now? They're three and one. Right. Who has the one loss? Dak. Right. Why in the hell are you going to put the quarterback who's lost this season in when you have a quarterback who has not lost with this team? Because that is not how it works, Trish. bro. You I mean... keep starting this man until he loses. That is not how it works. You man. keep when starting this man until he the... loses. You no, let him you play. Don't. Listen, if he gets say that. You're a Giants eight fan. games, <laughs> what 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 are we talking about here? It's just because Cooper Rush has played a good for four games. Man does not like supplement like the entire history of Dak being the franchise quarterback of the Cowboys. I'm not saying it supplements any history. I'm saying it makes you look at this team and go, hmm. How come we were shitty with our franchise quarterback and now we're really good with this backup that we're barely paying any money? Maybe <laughs> we should ship off our franchise quarterback to one of these teams who are desperately in need of a quarterback. Off your sample size of one game where they lost four. the Buccaneers? Four games. Oh, one game. He's talking about the with one Dak. game. Dak. He's talking about the one loss. I know, but I don't care about the one loss. I, I care about the four <laughs> wins or the three wins, no, whatever it is. You should care about the one loss because look at that. They literally won. How many games last year, Eric? 12, 13 games? Went How 12 many yards has Dak thrown for this season? They went 12 and 5. So the Cowboys last year went 12 and 5, but they. I also want to point out that they did have, it's just in the argument of fairness here, they did have the number one scoring offense in football or the number one offense. Eric, help me out here, please. <laughs> you hear? Okay. I, I will. I will say this. Um, first of all, I think you worry about that bridge when you cross it, right? Because here's the thing: if if he keeps winning you games, like the the top scenario that keeps coming in my mind, somebody said it's Tom Brady. I don't think it's a Tom Brady scenario here. I think it's more of a Kurt Warner scenario, where Kurt Warner came in was not supposed to do anything for the Rams. But he kept winning games. And eventually when Trent Green came back, he was the one that ended up getting traded. Now Jerry Jones finds himself in that exact same scenario. What is going to be the trade call? Because you know he's going to get offers in for Cooper Rush if Dak Prescott comes back and is the starter. He just will. But if Cooper Rush is winning, to Trish's point, if Cooper Rush is winning games, it's a tough argument to, to pull him. It's tough. But it really feels like, you know what this feels like, guys? It feels like when Romo got hurt and Dak came in. Uh, it's a little different. A little bit, but not. It's a little different. It's a little different. It's a lot. It's a lot different because, you know, Romo was an aging, always hurt quarterback. And Dak was this fresh new kid that they had just drafted. Well, to be fair, Dak Who has been place? hurt. Dak's been hurt now in two of the past three seasons. Yeah, but he's only had like four of them. Romo got like how many? Romo had at least at least ten. Exactly. So Dak, I don't think is going anywhere to be honest. Yeah. But like, if we just look at this season so far, right? And you look at Dak's numbers. Dak's played in one game. He had fourteen completions on twenty nine attempts. 
He threw for 134 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked twice, and his passer rating was 47.2. It was ugly for Dak this year. It was a bad it, game. It was a really bad game. Uh, again, right. again, let's look, at, let's look at let's look at Cooper Rush, whose completion percentage is 55.6 percent. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This was just in the game against Washington. His completion percentage was uh, 55.6%. His completion percentage this season is 60.8%. Uh, 737 yards, four touchdowns. So yeah, 737 yards and four touchdowns. No interceptions. Big fat goose egg. That's, and I will say, I will say this to, to, to credit Cooper Rush. That's impressive. Four games or yeah. Yeah, four exactly. games, no interceptions. Uh he also has a 95.9 passer rating That's right. this season. Look, guys, he's played good, but the thing is, you're really, it's not like he's playing nearly the same as Dak would when, he would when he's the quarterback behind center. You know, they play this more aggressive, more offensive, but like offensive focus when he's right, behind but, center. But, but, but with why? Cooper Rush, listen, with Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn, this like with Cooper Rush at the start as a starter right now, they've been playing a slow grinding method of football where they're just relying on their defense more or less. And this having Cooper Rush take what they give him, you know, they're not having him make crazy plays, they're not relying on him at all. But why, why is it right that when Dak played in the only game he played in this season, the team only scored three points? It's the, a one-game sample size. Well, I understand. I understand. But immediately after Dak gets hurt, they go out and play the Bengals and score 20 points. They play the Giants and score 23. And then they play Washington and score 25. So and, they haven't and, scored under 20 points. In fact, if he just continues in the trend he's going in, he's just going to – next game he's going to score 28. The game after that, he'll score like 30. Now, I will, I will say this. When we did this podcast going into week two – None of us gave them a chance against Cincinnati. None of us. We're like, mm-hmm. they're done. You said, oh, Cincinnati needs the bounce back statement. I forget what was it. I forget what who I forget who said it. Might have been Zach, but somebody on this podcast, I know for a fact, said their season's done. I'm like, well, okay, let's let's see what happens. Pump the brakes a little bit here. But I, I go ahead. I will say this to, to John's credit, I I think you have to put Dak back in there. Because you you're you're giving him this giant contract, right? You're giving him all this money, this guaranteed money to ride the bench. Really? Like that's what, what boggles my head. Is it a legitimate decision that they have to make? Yes. It's something like that Jerry Jones and crew have to consider. But I personally, I would put Dak back in. I mean, this week's going to be very showing because I think the minute Cooper Rush takes his first loss and he will eventually take a loss, I think that's when you put Prescott, when it's a no-brainer. That's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to play Rush until he loses. Mm-hmm. And then once he loses, they'll put Dak in. Because here's, here's the problem, right? Here's the PR nightmare that is waiting for Dallas if they put Dak back in. If they put Dak in, right, what, what does their schedule look like coming up here? So they have the Rams this week. You know, it's good by the way. Rams, very good test for Cooper Rush. Right. So, so they got they got at, the Rams coming up. The Rams, pretty good defense, really good front line on the defense. Defending then Super they, Bowl champions. 
Yeah, and then they play the Eagles. So the Rams is going to be tough. But if he, if he beats them, they're going to they're gonna play the Eagles in Philly. I think he can definitely win that game. Then he's playing the Lions. I think he can definitely win that game. He can game. win that game. Why the, do you the Lions, listen, beat the they Eagles? play tough, but he can definitely win that game. Well, the also, Bears, winnable. Well, I, w- I will. Win. I will. Like, okay, so that gets him to the bye. But I, w- I will say this. Prescott is supposed to be back sometime around week six, week seven. I understand. But here's the problem. If you have Dak Prescott come back in, right? So say, let's say Cooper Rush beats the Rams, right? Check. Now you move on. You're playing the Eagles. And let's say Dak's not 100% yet. So we don't bring him back against the Eagles. We check that off. Then we move on. Now we're playing the Lions. We're at home. We're against the Lions. We think, okay, you know, Dak's not 100%, but this is a home game. Let's put him back in, see how it goes. You put him back in. Now, the Lions, I know everybody thinks of them as a joke team, but this season I really think they've proven that they've taken that little bit of a step forward and they're really staying with these tough competitors. They're scoring a lot of points. Lions are have a really explosive offense. They just scored 45 points last week, then lost because they let up 48. Lions so Dak can't find that offensive now, thing like – about like, to play, uh, the Lions have the number one offense, but the number 32 defense in football. Exactly. Yeah, that's so a good let's game say Dak can't back. figure yeah. it out, and he's not playing well against the Lions defense, or the Lions defense have figured it out, and now they beat Dak, and the Lions beat the Cowboys with Dak at the helm. They were undefeated under Cooper Rush, and Dak has the two losses that the team now has. That's a bad The block. entire Dallas fandom would be calling for his head. So they can't put him back in until Cooper Rush loses a game because if they put him in and he loses the first game, everybody is going to be like, oh, well, why is Dak even here? But here's the thing that drives me crazy about that. Yes, the fan base would riot about that, but here's the thing. Most fan bases are idiots, and Dallas especially so, man. Have you heard, like, Cowboy fans, dude, thinking, oh, yeah, it's our year? Listen, if they think that it's a good idea to move on from your franchise quarterback after even five or six okay games from a backup who was on the practice squad to start the year, mind you, versus Dak, who let's he's a top he's a top five to ten quarterback in this league, honestly, Dak and, probably top and, ten more in the if, ten range, honestly. If the Cowboys fans weren't weren't canceling us after the the Giants' love over the past number of years, they're definitely not liking what John is saying now. <laughs> Listen, I'm calling them idiots. <laughs> I, I, re- I regret nothing. <laughs> he woke up and chose violence. <laughs> wow. Man, I didn't I didn't think just that one question would spark such a heated debate. Um, I mean, it's it's you know, I, I just think Cooper, you can't you can't start Dak until Cooper Rush loses. Because if you do and then Dak loses a game, everybody's gonna be calling for Dak's head. And it's not just you know the fan base that's going to be upset. And when the fan base is upset, they might not buy tickets. They might not go to games, you know, the whole not, thing. Not for the Dallas Cowboys though. Yeah. They will yeah. always be there. You know, I mean, listen, they have fans everywhere. It's ridiculous. They don't. There's a reason that they're arguably the most popular team in football, but they're three and one. And like we said, this is a big test for Cooper rush coming up this week at the Rams. No defending Super Bowl champions, you're going to have Aaron Donald breathing down your neck for four quarters. Let's see what you can do. We mentioned Detroit. 
48-45 loss to Seattle. I mean, first of all, A, I don't think we saw 48-45 being the final score anywhere. Scorigami. No. Yeah, it is Scorigami. Thank you, John. John recognizes Scorigami. Um, and, man, I also like how John said in our group chat, quote, Jared Goof is back. 378 yards and four touchdowns ain't a bad day. He salvaged, he salvaged himself. I bullied him into being good. You're welcome. You're doing what Dan six. Campbell could. <laughs> as a, after the pick six, my comment caused him to throw four straight touchdowns. So you're welcome. <laughs> you you invigorated Jared Goff is what you did. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no DeAndre Swift, but Jamal Williams, 19 carries, 108 yards, two scores. And what a day for TJ Hawkinson. Eight receptions, 179 yards, two touchdowns. 179 yards. Holy shit. The fact that they put up 45 without a Monroe St. Brown, their number one receiver, is really impressive. Yeah. It's Absolutely. you know, it's showing that Jared Goff still has more in the tank, man. <laughs> and in a position with inconsistency, uh, TJ Hawkinson had 40, 40 points in fantasy. 10.8 the week before um, after starting off really slow. So a really big day for TJ Hawkinson. But it was Seattle that ended up getting the victory. Geno Smith, 320 yards, two touchdowns. Rashad Penny, 17 carries, 151 yards, two touchdowns. And, and uh, I was going to say, I thought he had one through the uh, receiving-wise. Zach's old buddy Will Disley caught one as well. The only thing he did in that game. Catching a touchdown. Dude, that guy is useless. He got a touchdown. What do you mean? He got a touchdown. Seven yeah. points. Oh, oh, great. He got that one of the, the only right time there. he touched the ball, John. Yeah, the one time that he touched the ball, one of the game. Okay. Everybody says the main piece of the, the Russell Wilson trade was the first round picks. No, it wasn't. It was no offense in that one no reception for two yards of the touchdown. Listen, when they make when they make the playoffs by one game, you know, they're gonna look at Noah Fan and be like, This is why we traded. Seattle is not going <laughs> it's to the make Noah Fan trade. <laughs> I'm really pissed that Seattle has a better record than Detroit because Detroit is a ten times better team than Seattle. They are. They are. Do you know what's crazy too? Is that every team in the NFC in the uh, NFC West is two and two. Huh. It's, it's crazy, actually. The, the one thing I want to say about Jared Goff is give him his give him his flowers, man. Tied yeah, for first in the league in passing touchdowns, eleven touchdowns. Tied for third in yardage with eleven hundred yards. I mean, I feel like everybody forgot when he got traded to Detroit last year, but he would constantly put up numbers like this in LA, all the time. And then towards the towards the end of his time in L.A., yes, he started faltering a bit, but I think that was more to do with the pressure of being the number one pick and all that, whatever. And just, you know, oh, he went to the Super Bowl. Will he be able to do it again? All that kind of stuff got to his head, and it made him nervous. Now he's kind of put all that behind him. He's here in Detroit. He's having fun, and I think he really likes it there. I mean, you can see he's settled in mm-hmm. really well. I mean, and Dan Campbell, too. You know, think of – what Dan Campbell's been doing to this team. Absolutely. What difference he, that he is yeah. making. He makes them want to run through a fucking brick wall, and then they go out there and do it for him. He makes so, me, as a fan of a division rival, want to run through a brick wall. Yeah, straight up. That guy is a monster. He, I love him. He is amazing. He is absolutely <laughs> incredible. But, yes, Jared Goff, he absolutely deserves all the credit, as as I'm showing the guys the 81 yards catch and run to TJ Hawkinson. Like that is just a good throw. 
and he just tiptoes his way down the sideline for 81 yards to end the third quarter. And and also, you know, damn shame. Little... By the way, damn shame. Detroit lost this game. Damn, damn I know they, they played so well. It was man. a shame they lost last week. Eric. No, what? No, it wasn't. <laughs> yes, it was. I, that was a I, bullshit I, win, and you know it. Before you move on to the next game, though, Eric, I do want to give a little bit of respect to Gino too, because Gino, believe it or not, is leading the league in passer rating, seventy-six or completion percentage, seventy-six percent on all those passes. I believe a little bit over a thousand passing yards in the season and eight touchdowns. While I think Russ Russell Wilson's at nine hundred nine hundred yards and six touchdowns still. I was going to no. say he's outplaying Russell Wilson and he's outplaying Russell Wilson like handily too. And that's, that's kind of something, isn't it? I mean, what, like, what do you think the deal is with that? Like, is Gino actually have more in the tank than everyone thought that we, did we, did everyone write him off? Like he said, or no it matter of it, Russ was worse than we thought. It's Nathaniel Hackett's incompetence is what the problem is with Russ. I was just about to say it's it's that fucking offensive coordinator from Green Bay not having a single clue what he's doing. It was all Aaron Rodgers <laughs> winning all those games all by himself, apparently. And Nathaniel Hackett is a fucking clown. So like he is, he's getting out coached every game Nathaniel Hackett is. Dude, Peyton Manning on the broadcast called for a timeout 30 or 50 times in the amount of time that it took for the Broncos to get that delay a game. What was that? Two games ago. Yeah. Did you Someone see that the Manning cast? Yeah. Yeah. I, that was a good episode of the Manning cast too. It was hysterical. He's like, we need a timeout here. And he's just doing the little timeout thing. He does it like 50 times. He's like, please, can we get a timeout? Nope. Delay a game. Oh, there you go. <laughs> anyway, Seattle two and two Detroit one and three. Bullshit. Again, Damn shame Detroit lost. Detroit should be three and one right now. They should have won this game. They should have won last week. A little update on the the man who caught the Aaron Judge home run ball. He's already gotten an offer of over $2 million for the yep, ball. God. Saw that coming. After a little bit of a scare, the Chargers had a 27-7 lead at halftime, but the Texans stormed back. Uh, L.A. gets the win, though, 34-24. to Houston is 0-3-1. They are the only winless team now in the NFL. Justin Herbert, back from his, his rib injury, 340 yards, two scores. Uh, yeah, Chargers are back. Damian Pierce breakout season, maybe, for the second Yeah, season? Damian Pierce. You want to talk Damian Pierce. He had himself one hell of a day. He did find the ends, I believe, twice, right, John? Yeah, bro- broke away for a 75-yarder, uh, untouched. Through that uh through that Chargers D line, and uh yeah, just generally looked pretty impressive. I think only the one score though. Fourteen say, carries, yeah. hundred thirty one yards, and the one touchdown. Yeah, but you know, I know you're a big Damian Pierce fan, John. Oh yeah, he's he's just sitting on my bench, waiting for that. Wait, I'm just waiting for him to run away with that. You know, running back one position, and you know this will be a good test. They have the Jags this week, right? So we'll see. Yeah, and it seems like every team has significant – like, they've always run well against Jacksonville, at least in years past. But Damian Pierce, 139 yards. This is his breakout game. You know, just breaking a couple tackles there against a very stout Chargers pass defense. But it was L.A. that ended up getting the win. Austin Eckler found the end zone not once, not twice, but three times. 
uh, in the win. Chargers are two and two. I mean, not much more to say. It was uh, a dominating victory against the Texans. The game that really had a lot of us debating back and forth was the battle in the AFC South between Tennessee and Indianapolis, but it was the Titans that went into Indy and got the win 24-17. I believe we were split down the middle with this one uh, last week. Uh, me and John picked the Titans. Trish ended up picking the Colts. I believe your reasoning for that was the Colts beat Kansas City, and I'll say yep. this, the Colts disappointed me this week. Dude, I don't understand what Kansas City was doing two weeks ago. Apparently, they just forgot how to play football for a day. <laughs> it's a trap game, if you ask me. They looked at them. They're like, hey, this uh, they got shut out by Jacksonville. We can just kind of go in, do what we do, and, you know, walk out with a win. But Doesn't it feel happen. like, in you know, Kansas City shouldn't be able to be trap game? <laughs> then how the fuck is Indianapolis going to turn around and then get trap game by Tennessee? <laughs> And potential injury for Jonathan Taylor, too. You know, he had a rough day, 20 carries, 42 yards. But he is now questionable for um, for Thursday's game against Denver. I, you know what? I want to tell you a fun, really not-so-fun stat for any Tennessee fans, but it's kind of fun for us. Sure, let's, let's, <laughs> dig, let's, let's dig into them after they just had a big win this year against Denver. Yeah, listen, yeah, they, may, they might have won 24-17, but – if you want to look a little bit up, I don't know if you want to see their second half scoring. You want to tell me how many points they scored, Eric? I believe. Oh, I believe. Oh, it was zero. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's adds. So that's zero this week. Um, I believe that was zero last week against the Raiders. Seven the week before against the, the Bills, you know, in a blowout loss. And then zero the week before. Oh, so that's uh, seven, points. Oh, seven points in the second in, half in four in weeks. That's the latter half of games. Wow. That's, you know, that's a problem. That's, and two and two somehow, besides that, somehow. And that's, by the way, a little, little spoiler for, for later on, not a lot of faith in Titans, just saying, for, for week five. Uh, Derrick Henry, 22 carries, 114 yards, one touchdown. As I've been saying for years, this offense lives and dies by Derrick Henry. The offensive coordinator job in Tennessee is one of the best jobs in football because it is literally hand the ball to Derrick Henry, hand the ball to Derrick Henry, hand the ball to Derrick Henry. Throw to and a then, tight end. And then, and then every once in a while, throw the ball to Derrick Henry. Yes. Every, every, <laughs> throw it in the backfield to him. Dope. Three receptions, 33 yards. Rushing leader and receiving leader. Get to the, play- <laughs> get to the playoffs, unleash the trap card, have Derrick Henry throw a touchdown. He led the team in targets, too. <laughs> he was targeted five times. Nobody else was targeted more than four times. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dontrell Hilliard, their other running back, targeted four times. It was all running. That's literally all Tennessee has is a run game. That's it. And granted, it's one of the best run games in football, but it's – it's. I forget which coach said it, but it was you stopped Derrick Henry, you stopped the Titans. Might have been Zach Taylor. And th- he's right. Whoever said that, when you, if you stopped Derrick Henry, you stopped the Titans. Damn right. But still, Tennessee's two and two, and tied for first top the AFC South somehow. I don't know like, how. It's I don't like. I don't like Tennessee. I just don't understand what, how they're. What's your problem with the Titans? Just the fact that just they're them still managing to like hold on like this annoys me. Like they're clearly, if you look at that roster, they should not be competing. I just want them to like freaking bottom out already. Wow, jeez. Go and scorch your earth on the Titans, man. Just... 
I I woke up today and I chose violence against the Cowboys and the Titans. Okay? You just, don't ask why. It's just wow, just the, the southern teams are just doing it for you, huh? <laughs> That's the little northern aggression. Don't worry. Tough, tough. In the legacy game at MetLife, the Giants, who should be wearing those throwback uniforms permanently, by the way, those are some of the best uniforms in football. Defeat the Chicago Bears 20 to 12 uh, in a game where there was some some quarterback woes on both sides. <laughs> I just want to point out Grand Gano lost me my matchup to you in fantasy. If he just hit that one field goal, dude, what that last field goal in the game, I would have tough. I would have won. Tough, tough, John. Tough. But, yeah. Sorry. It happens. I mean, let's talk a little about the Giants quarterback situation, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Trish, you got your team got the win, but what what is happening under center? What'd you guys do there um, at the end? Um, you know, I feel like we could treat this uh similarly to a five alarm fire, uh, especially since they're going to London next week. Yeah, and taking on the Packers. And playing the Packers. So I mean, is there any update on Daniel Jones? Uh, he's he's red Q so far in in fantasy, but that's all we have, right? All we have. Okay, well, and... I see this from a day ago on ESPN right here. It says Jones improving. New York not ready to make QB call. There's no reason to make a QB call right now. You don't have to. But what about no, Tyrod? Absolutely not. Dable said that Daniel's feeling a bit better today. We'll just see how it goes. That's a direct quote. Uh. Is Tyrod healthy? Specific details. It's a high ankle. Tyrod. Tyrod. Tyrod took a rough hit on on Sunday too. I know, like they were doing. Obviously, like based on how that game ended, you know they had to do the wildcat. I mean, I know he didn't finish healthy, but is that like a serious thing? Is Tyrod going to miss time with that too? Or I'm not sure. I saw a little bit of it, but not too too much. Um. Tyrod's also obviously in concussion protocol. Oh, and I didn't see the hit, so I had no idea what time. It was it was a rough hit. Oh yeah. Uh, so he came out of. Oh, sorry, I I wasn't uh, aware that that's what you were asking. Yeah, so he came out of the game because of uh, concussion. Oh, okay. And so he is yeah. still unavailable to play. I see. Because he is currently in uh, concussion protocol. Well, yeah, so, yeah, that, that makes nothing sense. Nothing he can do. Until he clears that. I mean, I guess the Giants care more about their players than the Dolphins do. So that's good. <laughs> there you go. Apparently, two is going to get interviewed soon. I wonder what he's going to say. He's definitely going to back his team and say that he wanted to go back in the game, whatever. But imagine if he just talks about Gruber for like 10 minutes. That's like, and that's just all he can do. He's, he's just trying to pretend he's fine. <laughs> They're like, two and oh, come on, talk about the game this week. Darnell Mooney led the team with 94 receptions for the Bears. The Bears are they are anemic on offense. That is a tough offense to watch, man. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you know what's a, a crazy stat? Cooper Cup has more catches this year with 45 than Justin Fields has completions with a little bit over 35. That's mm. and it's not even close either. Mm-mm-mm. It is not even close. Yeah, Justin Fields isn't good. <laughs> Giants are three and one, though. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and and I I told you guys week two. I said, look, there's a real yeah. chance the Giants go three and one, four and zero oh, these these next couple 
next couple of weeks, and here they are, three and one against Dallas. But here we go. This is a dream scenario for you guys, though. I mean, I I feel like if you had, if you started the season, if we had told you before the season started that you guys would start three and one, you right. would you you'd be, be like, okay, I'll take it out no matter what. You know, like yeah, yeah you could absolutely. have been four and zero, but very still. very winnable schedule coming up after Green Bay and Baltimore. You got at Jacksonville, at Seattle, home Houston, home Detroit. Yeah, some wonderful games there that that stretch. Mm-hmm. You guys got a favorable path, especially in a week NFC. Do I think they're going to win every one of those four that I just mentioned? No, but there's a good chance they go three and one in that stretch too. Just saying. That's only a few more wins just to like get a low playoff seed maybe. Mm-hmm. The team that they are chasing in the NFC East, the 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles, the only undefeated team left in football. After a 29-21 come-from-behind win against the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, he was butterfingers this weekend. He could not keep his hands on that football. Four fumbles. Four yeah, fumbles. fumbles. The and first person in the modern era of football to lose four fumbles. Yeah, he, I was just about to say, he lost, four, he lost all four of them. Yeah, not only did he fumble four times, he lost all four fumbles. Yeah, that is one of them. <laughs> One of them was particularly bad. He was running and he just straight up let it out of his grasp. Like it's almost like when you're doing the VR and you just forget you're gripping the ball when you're running and it's just you let go with the fumble. It's just like he's like, Oh, I, I have to keep gripping that. All right. Well, you know what? Have you ever tried to hold on to a ball and run as fast as you possibly can, John? I don't think he was even running as fast as he can, man. I think he was just like, you know, running. Oh, you see, though, there's one. There's one, <laughs> there's the one from a sonrake. He just stood there. That was a little boop. You know, play the one where he's running and he just drops it. Yeah, I am going to uh, look for that one. Oh, yeah, and he got he, and he got picked by James James Bradbury, too. Um, oh, and he botched a QB rush. Hey, here it is. This is what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, so, yeah, overall not a – we and it's so – it's rough because we praised Trevor Lawrence last week. I, I realized I he's looking great. You know, everything's looking good. Granted, bad weather. But still, you fumbled the ball four times. Hey, man, first quarter, he was watch, still Watch QB out. sneak. There goes the ball. Well, that looks like he didn't get it off the yeah. off the handoff. Yeah. Well, rough rough game for him, definitely. But I still think that, you know, it's you can't read too much into a bad performance. From I can't. He's, no, he's, especially against the Eagles. Yeah, like, it was also bad weather. You know, he, I don't think he's ever actually played a game in, like, rain like this before. Played, it's not... He plays in Jacksonville. Yeah, I know. But I don't think he's played in rain like this. I'll give him the I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, a good one like, for the Eagles, though. Coming back from fourteen down, though. This was a game that a lot of us split on the podcast. I think it was I think it was three and three. Not one hundred percent sure. But anyway, the Eagles they still undefeated. Are they the favorites at least in the NFC? In a weak <laughs> NFC. If you ask me, I think it, looking at their schedule, I see no reason they can't win a, finish as the first seed in the NFC. Just, I'm not saying they're the most talented team, but based on schedule, they should. Here's the clip. They have of, a really yeah. easy way. Here's the see. clip of the, the the one where he fumbles it while he's running. Yeah. Go, go back. I missed it. He lit. He takes it. He just loses. There's nobody on him. Yeah. Yeah, he's just holding it. But again, it's not easy to just hold a football like that. It is. It's <laughs> he's vastly overestimating the size of his hands. <laughs> I I will say this: I I would not have gone for it fourth and three up fourteen nothing. 
Um, but that was Doug Peterson's return to Philadelphia. Uh, by the way, Jalen Hurts was the NFC Offensive Player of the Month, 204 yards. Uh, happy Miles Sanders Day, 27 carries, 134 yards, and two touchdowns. Hmm. Yeah, Hurts not the greatest in passing, but he did do a little bit with his legs. He was the one that got them their first touchdown on the board on fourth and goal. He just jumped over the over the line in the end zone. I, and I saw that. that he, had, he had some hurdles. He's He's having himself a year. Oh, uh, this, this is it. Oh, uh, uh, John, you, you ruined Kenny Pickett's debut. 24-20 win for the Jets over the Steelers. Oh, I'm, I'm uh. so sorry for him. He little, that little shit talk. Are, are you? Dude, he was literally talking so much shit after two big, good plays in a row to Quinn and Williams. Like, bro, sit down, rookie. You, you like, literally had three interceptions. That I, Here's what I'll say. Steelers... I have an immense amount of respect for that defense. One of the most talented defenses in the league. I won't Even say I won't say nothing. I won't say anything other than that. Even without they, they, they are a bunch of salt. Like Minka Fitzpatrick specifically was salty after that out. He straight up said that, you know, it's really unfortunate, you know, with games like this, when you lose to a team that you're clearly more talented than. I'm like, oh, really? It didn't, it didn't really seem like you were clearly more talented during this game. And we, and we won. From from worrying about Robert Sala's job safety to happiness due to the 24-20 win. Oh, dude, I don't know if you like if you were following my text, but I went through I, I went through all the emotions on that day. It went from us being up 10-0, you know, at the start of the first and in the first quarter. Then I believe Zach threw a pick. You know, uh I, I can't sudden, you know, read it perfectly, you know, he got it, you know, happens. And then slowly but surely, you know, halftime comes back. Kenny Pickett comes in, things start to go bad. I'm like, okay, it's got all the makings up for a Jets disaster. And I start going on a little bit of a rant in the group chat. I'm like saying I'm fucking done. This is the worst. Oh, like, of course, you know, we're blowing up again. But then something different actually happened for once, and we actually came back, and we won. And I'm still I'm still not used to it. Something, we don't, something we don't come different. back and win games, usually. Yeah, we usually just happen to win. Except two weeks ago when you came back. I'm saying this, this, I like, I, when I say this team is different, I'm not, I'm not trying to convince anyone else that like a wild card, suddenly a possibility. Yeah. It's still, we still got a rough schedule ahead of us. Yes. But if you told any, like, if you told me that coming into the season, hell, if you told Tony that if going to the season, the Jets would be two and two and starting October, they would say, everyone would have said we're full of shit. They're full of shit. Everyone thought we were like penciled us in for 0 and 4. And these two wins on the road, you know, with hostile crowds, you know, booing us the entire time, they're great wins. I like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like train them for like anything else, you know, like I'm, I'm happy with this where we're at right now. Obviously I'd be happy to be four. No, you know, that's not what I meant by that, but you know, these are good wins and I'm proud of my team. When was the last time they were ahead of new England in the standings this late in the season? 2002. I love how you had an answer ready. Because like, John has been waiting for this day for 20 years. I have a photo taken of the division standings. I have a meme on it, but it's like, stop the count. This is it. This is all we needed right now. Just leave it like this. Anyway, the Jets are 2-2. Two and two. Pittsburgh falls to 1-3. and three. Zach Wilson is the first Jet quarterback to catch a touchdown pass. 
uh, in the history of the franchise. Oh, yeah. Gotta I'll give him give him his flowers, man. Yes, he had a rough. Yards. He started eight for twenty four in that game, rough game with the whole offensive line down. Elijah Barry Tucker, our left guard, drafted number fourteen overall last year due to the injuries in the O line. He is he is the fifth man up for our tackle position. He as our guard went from left guard last year to right guard start this year, and now fucking playing left tackle against the Steelers defensive line. Only giving up one pressure, no sacks. Insanely impressive. Zach Wilson, with his mobility in the pocket, man, only getting sacked twice. Joe Flacco wouldn't be alive if he was playing against the Steelers this week, last on Sunday. A lot of a lot of grit and determination. He, what Wilson made a lot of great throws on third and fourth and long, in that last those last few drives. I I'm impressed. If he can keep building on that, then we got something to to look forward to actually in New York. Look at how happy John sounds. Like, this is the happiest I've heard him. Trash. Like, I've never heard him this happy. Yeah. We'll just wait, like, uh, two weeks. Two I'm weeks. Say, give it another four, four weeks. Four. Okay. Week, week eight, and we'll hear a brand new John when they've dropped the next four games. Well, listen, as long as they're competitive losses, I won't care. Like, if we had, if we had lost this game after. We made it a 17-20 game, and that was just the final score. I'd be like, okay, well, we fought. You know, like, the difference is, you know, showing improvement, you know, from game to game and, like, year to year. You know, we literally had, like, we were almost on our Detroit Lions shit last year, you know, allowing, like, 40, like, the most points per game in, like, four games in a row in the middle of the season, like the Colts, the Bills, the Patriots. So, you know... This having a defense show improvement, sauce, sauce Gardner showing why we drafted him high, you know, shutting down entire like shutting down some of the best receivers in the game already. You know, we got a lot of positives on this team this year. You know, it's not like other jet year, years for Jets past. You know, I actually feel really good about this draft class. You know, and even if we don't have wins, as long as our guys keep showing potential, I'm 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 along for the ride this time. See, that's, Just, that's you know, good to know. That you know, you sound so optimistic, and honestly, there are reasons there is a reason to be optimistic after that. That was a big win, that was a good win. Kenny Pickett handed you a lot of that win or a decent amount, but still a lot to be a lot to be proud of. Uh, in New York, give him props too because he sparked some life and so a much needed uh, to an offense in Pittsburgh that really needed it. He's starting, he's starting week five, they they confirmed it. And I feel bad for him though, because he's got a tough go of it. You know, these next few games right off the bat against the Bills, and then I believe another a, a really tough slate of defenses right after that. I can't name them off the top of my head. Yeah, and you know, this is this is a new era in Pittsburgh, right? This is this is the turning of the new leaf. I promised we'd get to Baker Mayfield losing twenty six sixteen to the Arizona Cardinals. Not ideal when you're throwing for 179 yards and two picks. Like, what happened there? I mean, he looked okay in the first half, but then it just kind of stopped. It just like unraveled again for him. It, it just it just hit a wall at a particular like, point. Like making Matt Rule look foolish because at halftime of the game, he's like, "Yeah, Baker's really like uh, starting to play well." Matt know, Rule makes himself not- look foolish. And then just gave a quote today. He's like, yeah, well, we just need Baker to settle in and then we could start to really take off. Like, 
I know. I, I'm sorry. I thought you said he was settling in. That's that's tough. <laughs> that's not good luck. There's problems in Carolina. There's more problems than I think you'd like to admit in Carolina. And at one and three, it is not looking great. And Matt Rule might end up being the first coach to go if things continue the way they are. Because this was bad. This was bad on Sunday. I mean, if you're uh, – who's the owner of the Panthers, Tepper? What are you Yeah, David s- Tepper. I think you're just looking at him. You're looking at the – like, I believe it's like 50-something million dollar contract that you gave him a couple of years ago. And you look at his his record, and I believe it's like a little bit less – oh, like maybe 10 wins – in a little bit under three, a little bit over three years or four years, you just, what are you doing? I understand some costs, but I mean, that's just, I would be insulted, you know, have to be paying, paying that man that much money to have get that result on the field every week. Yeah. And it's, again, this is what you're like five straight of n- not making the playoffs or presumably not making the playoffs, but man, it's and it's not like Arizona played fantastic either. Kyler only threw for 207 yards. Oh yeah, they it's it's still looked very sloppy for Arizona these last few weeks. Yeah, they've they're 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 hovering at 500. I'm not entirely convinced by any of their wins, to be honest. That one that one win against the Raiders, you know, in week four, that week two. Was not very impressed with that yeah. considering they did come from behind. They did come from behind though, which is they impressive. Came, they I'll came from proud. behind, but a lot of I'm I'm just looking at the Raiders. I'm not very impressed to be honest. Yeah, they they beat the Broncos, but I'm still not seeing a lot that that's impressive to me from them. So let's let's talk about those Raiders who beat the Denver Broncos 32-23. Uh it's given them the, their first win of the season. Derek Carr again only threw for 188 yards. Devontae Adams had 101 of those 188 yards. But I think the story of the day was Josh Jacobs with 144 rushing yards, two touchdowns, 28 carries. Um, while the Denver offense just continues to, to struggle and feel lifeless. Javante Williams torn ACL out for the year. That is a huge blow to that offense. Melvin Gordon's going to get the lead amount of carries from what I understand. Um, also leading the league in fumbles right now with four. Yeah, four in what is it? Like 20 four weeks. Yeah, yeah four, four fumbles in four weeks. A fumble a week. Can't be doing that. Yeah, man, a lot, a lot of reason to be concerned on the offensive end. I mean, the defense definitely let up a bit this week, allowing 32 points to the to the Raiders. But I mean, uh, some of that, one of that was a pick six, I believe, right? Yes, one of that a fumble recovery pick. or a fumble recovery. I, I, one of the two. Yeah, Melvin Gordon lost the one that was recovered by the. Uh by the Raiders. Um, but yeah, the AFC West battle went in the way of Las Vegas. Um, yeah. Big win 32, 23. Uh, and, and just the, the, I heard, I believe it was John Boyce that said this, the rats in the cage. That is, that is the uh, AFC West. Well, who thought we'd be talking about the name Bailey Zappi on the podcast a couple days ago. That's what we're going to do as New England fell in overtime to the Green Bay Packers 27-24 in a game that was was closer than it probably should have been. 
in a game where NFL.com does not seem to want to acknowledge the existence of Bailey's app. That is, yeah. Acknowledge him. Come on. He threw for a touchdown. I mean, that was a, I think the game, this is the game where everyone's now going to know the name of uh, John Jones, or what was his name? John Jones, the, the Patriots corner who picked off Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Jonathan. Jonathan Jones. Jones, yeah. Jonathan Jones, Jones. Jonestown, that man now he, in New England. He was good. Like, he, he was like, impressive. The best part of that there. play, the best part of that play, though, is the fact that Rodgers looked pissed off and, like, and like confused Jack about what Jones. happened there. And then, Belich- and, then, and then Belichick looked even just, just as perplexed. He's like, Rodgers made that mistake? What? How 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 can the great Aaron Rodgers make a mistake every once in a while? So there's like Jack the, Jones, target to Lazard goes goes awry, and Jones goes all the way, almost untouched for the touchdown. Like, Jack like, Jones, not Jonathan Jones. I know the Patriots have both. So yeah, they got Mac Jones, Jonathan Jones, and Jack Jones. That's what I'm yep. saying, man. It's, they get healthy. It's the Jonestown massacre. Wow. <laughs> nice one. Okay. Credit <laughs> to Twitter for that one. Anyway, the Packers re- remembered who they were. Defeat New England 27-24. Patriots fall to 1-3. Green Bay 3-1 and one, and tied for first atop the NFC North. John, you didn't need a Chris Godwin clause, as it turns out. 41-31. Um, the Chiefs beating the Buccaneers. Brady is also on my list for getting I, – I lost to you by four points, and he got me a fumble that lost me too. If him and Godot just did their damn jobs, man. You would have <laughs> beat, beat me in fantasy? Yes, sir. But, listen, Brady, I feel like I have – I feel a little vindicated here. A lot of people talking down on his name the last few weeks saying, has he fallen off a cliff? He just needed his help. He just needed his team to be a little healthy, man. He just needed Mike Evans back. He needed Godwin back. Well, he needed Julio back. He needed and- his left tackle back. And apparently, oh, okay. he uh, the rumor going around is that he and uh, Giselle have there's divorce papers now involved in their relationship. I mean, that was obvious to anyone who was paying attention. Like, let's be serious here. The man retired from football and said, "Hey, I'm retiring to spend more time with my family." And then, what was it? And nobody five days later came nobody, out. And said, nobody, nobody blamed him when he retired either. Yeah, no, no one said anything. He was perfectly good to ride off into the sunset. That was his career. Everything was great. He went home and realized life was a living hell. So he turned around and said, you know what? Never mind. I want to keep playing. So now, yeah, there are going to be divorce papers because Giselle probably looked at him and said, I want you to stop. I want, you know. Uh, I want you home. I want you around for your kids. Like your kids are growing up. They don't even know their father, blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't want to hear it. He wants to play football. And I mean, he's damn good at playing football. 39 for 52, 385 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. The man this was a vintage Brady performance. Yeah, yeah that's under- it's definitely understandable from her perspective. I mean, she also... She was one of the most famous models in the world, and she also put her career on the back burner. You know, it's yeah, I understand Brady hasn't lost it yet, but 
you know, for him to come back, for him to like be like, yeah, I'll do that for you. And then just to back out a few months later is a bad look. So I, I agree with you, Trish. I mean, writing was kind of on the wall there for a minute. Absolutely. And let's not discount the Chiefs too. Mahomes threw for 249 yards, three touchdowns. You know, he is, he's just the man. Like he, he's the guy. He is you, my main top quarterback right now in football. You know, the Chiefs aren't going anywhere. You know he had this game circled on his calendar, though, Absolutely. ever since Super Bowl 50, what was it, 5 or 4? 55. Yeah, ever since then, man. And this has had, had to feel great. He destroyed, like, a Bucks defense that I think allowed, like, what, the least amount of points in their first three games. I think yeah. he allowed he allowed more than that just in this game alone. And 41, just an offensive outburst from Mahomes. A uh, big win for Kansas City in prime time. I mean, how do we explain what happened last night in Monday Night Football? An annihilation? Uh, a, a decimation? A statement game, I would say. A statement win. By the way, I want to point out that I was the only one that picked the Niners to win last week, and they did. 24-9 to nine over the Rams in San Francisco. Uh, boy, you know the Jimmy G lovers are, are big on this one. They feel vindicated. John, I know you are a Jimmy G fan. How do you feel about the Niners getting the win here? The Niners are what I are insanely legit. I want to like say like the thing that scares me the most about them though, that defense, dude. Yeah. When can we, can we talk about the the biggest story I feel from this defense and JJ what? Watt? Or no, that's um not that's Arizona. That's that was Arizona, Arizona, Arizona and we, Arizona. We, my bad. I know red teams, they confuse me. But well, still, we, we, we skipped right over that, didn't we? We, we talked did an accident. Yeah, we, we we talked about that on Friday, I believe. Did we? I the hard thing? I thought I, that came out on Sunday. I thought that came out on Sunday too. Uh, it might have been. Yeah. So let's let's JJ actually Watt, go back to JJ Watt. Yeah. yeah JJ Watt comes quick. out and says, "Hey guys, so." I had a heart attack in the doctor's office and they restarted my heart and now I'm okay. And I'm playing tomorrow. Randomly tweeted this. Yeah. Too. All yeah. credit to JJ Watt. And again, he was a big reason that the Cardinals were able to get that win. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I that, just, is, I... that is crazy. No, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause I, after everything that's been going on in sports the past couple of days, it totally went over me. But yeah, uh, San Francisco. Yeah, they are. They are for real. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear any of this. They're not legit. No, they're legit. They like they've really improved. Also, their own the only weakness they had in their defense last year was the secondary, and now they've gone out and they've signed Traverius Ward, who's become a, a really great point. Every one of their corners. And one of every one of their members of the secondary is someone that you don't want to draw near, honestly, because they're all a bunch of ball hogs. That guy, the one who had the pick six last night, Hufanga, he yeah, also Hufanga. is the one who he's also the one that fell on the ball in the end zone in the playoff win against the Packers uh, in January. Oh wow! He's come on a huge way this year. Yeah. Like, like I feel like a, a lot of times I'm just watching them on red zone, the Niners, or you know just watching highlights of them and i've seen this guy he's all over the field making plays dropping these big hits and apparently that's because he worked out with troy palamalu uh, over the like over the last uh, few months in the offseason 
Yeah, and of course, that's, that's turned out very, very, very well for him and the entire San Francisco secondary, just what they've been able to do. And again, it is the defense that is that is just leading them to these victories. Trish, there you go, 19 targets for Cooper Cup. <laughs> I love it. Almost, almost 20 targets, and he got 14 for 122. But Matt Stafford, something's up. And I don't know I what think, it is. I'm not sure if he's fully recovered from that elbow injury. It's, I think it's that, but I also think it's just that that offensive line is really bad and really injured. They miss Whitworth. They really do. They miss I, Whitworth. And I didn't know how much it was going to show, but you could tell how much that they miss uh, that they miss Andrew Whitworth. Uh, also, shout out to Bobby Wagner for leveling the hell out of that guy on the field last night. <laughs> really then that's great i wish they did that more often players they stick the streakers man i was watching the banning cast while it was happening and peyton's like we're not sure if we can show it but here's what's going on bobby wagner just drilled a guy uh, we had a visitor on the field <laughs> and he just got leveled by bobby wagner uh as i said before the nfc west is tied at 2-2 it really is anybody's division at this point in the season. Who technically has it in first with the tiebreaker? Do you can you do you know that? I'd pro I think it's the Niners because they have that divisional win. Oh, it could be the Rams. Yeah, that's the Rams. It, that's no, right. It's, that's Niners. The Niners. it's yeah. the Niners because here's the thing they have the head to head, but it doesn't matter divisionally because again, it would have been the Rams also would have uh would have had it. But um no that that head to head one is um that head head gives it to San Francisco. Uh, All righty, week five, because, you know, the first four were just something else. Thursday night football, 815, Amazon Prime Video. The one, two, and one Colts are traveling up to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos, a battle of Peyton Manning's uh, former teams. I believe Tony is taking the Broncos. Tom is taking the Colts. I, uh, Zach is taking the Broncos. I am also going to take the Broncos on or at home, I should say. Uh, the two facts for this game, courtesy of Barstool Sportsbook, Zach's go to facts place. Each of the Colts' last nine games have gone under the total points line, and the underdogs have won six of the last seven Colts games. And Denver is the under, or sorry, Indianapolis is the underdog here. John, Broncos or Colts? Uh, so this is a game where I really don't want to pick any of them. In fact, it's a game I don't even want to watch, but I'm going to take the Broncos. <laughs> this You will be watching something else, maybe I'm, watching some more House of the Dragon. I, I probably will end up watching it just because it's Thursday night <laughs> and what else is ball. on. But I mean, what else just, are you going to watch on Thursday? There's Hell's Kitchen. Am I am I the only one here though? Like, am I like I'm just fed up of seeing Denver already on primetime games. I like I know I think it's only been three games, but I mean that's too many to me. That they're just not fun to watch. <laughs> You've set the limit there. <laughs> it is literally all because of Russ. Because you know, last year if whoever last year they had Bridgewater is the starter. You know, if he was starting, this wouldn't be they wouldn't be in this many primetime games. <laughs> Trish, are you going to go Denver or Indianapolis? Oh, I don't know. Both teams are terrible. I, I don't know why this is a primetime game. I don't know what 
drugs they're doing. Well, because they were both supposed to be good coming into this year, and they've yeah, been. I don't. I don't. I don't think uh, that's a good enough reason. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> you are not satisfactory with that reason. No trash game, trash reasons. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Denver. Just because you know, why not? I, I do know. like the I, I do like the under of forty three though. I will say absolutely that. that is that is a juicy looking under. Nine thirty a.m. NFL Network in London, the Giants taking on the Packers. Eight of the Packers' last nine games in October have gone under the total points line, and the Giants have failed to cover the spread in six of their last eight games as underdogs. Tony's going the Packers. Tom's going the Packers. Zach is taking the Giants. I am taking the Packers across the pond. John, are you going to go Packers or Giants? Give me, the, give me the Packers, man. Packers. Trish, I assume Giants. Oh yeah. You want? Can can you do a cause for this game? Like, what do you want, John? No, no, not for me. I'm I'm taking the I'm taking the Packers no matter what. I'm just saying for Trish. I feel well, bad just taking the Giants straight up. Well, Zach took the Giants straight up. I just I, I also am taking the Giants straight up. He did that with Jacksonville, and we all questioned him, and they ended up whooping the Chargers. You're yeah, damn right they did. You guys might have to be wildcatting it out there against the Packers in London. All right, listen. Saquon is going to go out there, and he's going to look fantastic at quarterback, all right? <laughs> I look forward to it. He's going to take the ball and immediately just start running. 4-2 in favor of the pack. One o'clock on CBS, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the one and three Pittsburgh Steelers head up to Buffalo to take on the three and one Bills, a 14-point spread here. 15 of the Steelers' last 16 road games in October have gone under the points line. The Steelers have failed to cover the spread in four of their last five games. Everybody that is missing is taking the Bills. I'm also taking Buffalo. Are either of you taking Pittsburgh? No. Nope. Although I just want to say I saw a statistic today that the Bills are historically bad against rookie quarterbacks. Really? Yes. Like for some reason, they just let rookie quarterbacks tear their defense up. True, but – I just want to say they only allowed 87 passing yards to Zach Wilson last year, too. So, I mean, that, that's oh. also something to take into account. That's also the Jets. <laughs> yeah, and that, the Steelers also didn't do too well against those Jets this week. So, what did he add out there? By the way, I just want to thank the Miami Marlins for no help as the Braves defeat Miami and clinch the NL East. No help for, from us in Miami. So it is a clean sweep in favor of uh, Buffalo. What was that, John? Just, just damn it. You know, this, I don't have any real just, words. Just, a, just a general damn it. Just a general frustration. Oh, it happens. One o'clock on CBS, a battle of two and two teams as the L.A. Chargers travel to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. The Browns have won nine of their last ten home games following a loss and the underdogs have covered the spread in eight of the Browns last nine games. Uh, Tony's taking the chargers. Tom's taking the chargers. Zach's taking the chargers. I'm also taking the chargers on the road. John, who are you going to go with? Give me the chargers. Chris, are you going with the, the bolts or the dog pound? Uh, no. Yeah. I'm taking the chargers. 
Come on. That, the fact that this is only a three-point spread is is actually surprising to me. Oh, this one should be good. One o'clock, the 0-3-1 Texans traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, all three of the ones that are missing are taking the Jaguars. The underdogs have covered the spread in each of the last six games between AFC South teams, and five of the Jaguars' last six games at TIAA Bank Field have gone under the total points line. I am joining them. I am also taking Jacksonville. John, are you rolling with the Jags? Yep. Rolling with the cat team in this one. Trish, you as well? I'll take the Jags. Clean sweep for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Imagine seeing that last year. Who would have seen that one coming? One o'clock on Fox, the two and two Chicago Bears head up to U.S. Bank Stadium to take on the three and one Minnesota Vikings, my Minnesota Vikings. The Bears have failed to cover the spread in each of their last four games against teams that have a winning record. And five of the Vikings' last six games at home have gone over the total points line. Tony's taking the Vikings, Tom's taking the Vikings. Zach being a little little you-know-what and taking the Bears, I'm taking the Vikings at home. John, Vikings or Bears? Give me the Vikings, and I'm also just going to have a hot take here. I bet you that the Vikings have more points than Justin Fields has completions in this game. Wow, now he's going off on Justin Fields. Deservedly <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, like I said, the Bears offense has been tough to watch. Uh, Trish, Vikings or Bears? I'm going to take the Vikings. I don't think the Bears are shit. Trish says Trish says that he's taking the Vikings uh, somberly. Yeah, I hate I hate the Vikings, I'm going to be honest. They've beaten two teams so far this season that I don't think <laughs> any business beating. Was it was it this one and last week? Yes. Okay, because guys going to say the Green Bay one was – pretty like well deserved no green bay listen green bay was cut and dry you guys fought for that you you know you weren't it whatever but last week and this week were bullshit you know it listen with the win man i don't care i will i will say this i've had my fair share of kicking misfortunes when one goes my way i I need happiness Mm -hmm. yeah listen you can you can you can enjoy that as much as you want eric you know, you've had your fair share of kicking misfortunes. Listen, usually we're the ones that do the double doinking. Just saying. Exactly. One o'clock on Fox, the Detroit Lions traveling to Gillette Stadium to take on the New England Patriots. Each of the Patriots' last seven home games have gone over the total points line, and the Lions have lost 10 of their last 11 road games. I do want to point out that on Barstool Sportsbook, the Lions are three-point dogs, and that is disrespectful. That's disrespectful because Tony, Tom, Zach, and myself are all taking – or sorry, Zach's taking the Patriots, okay? Um, But me, Tony, and Tom are all taking the Lions. Why is Zach taking New England? Okay. John, Lions or Patriots? I'm taking the Lions here. I want that Jared Goff revenge game against Belichick. Against Belichick, why? Why is what's the revenge? Is it because of the Super Bowl? He's not forgotten Super Bowl Fifty Three. Yeah, I like how you made it seem like Jared Goff played for Bill Belichick, which he did not. No, it's it's just a revenge game against him because he, you know, he embarrassed him and honestly made 
the, the Rams probably move on from him. Because... I, I see how it is. I see how it is. Trish, are you going with the kitties? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with the Lions, man. Uh, like I've said, I, I've drank the Kool-Aid. I know they're one and three, but they're the best one and three team I've ever seen in my life. They may be one and three, but so are the Pats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One o'clock on Fox. Ooh, this one could be ugly. The two and two Seahawks are traveling to the Caesars Superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints. The Dogs have won four of the Seahawks' last five games, and eight of the Saints' last 11 games have gone under the total points line. Tony is taking the Seahawks. Tom is taking the Seahawks. Zach is also taking the Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks as well on the road. John, Seahawks or Saints? Um, I, I don't know why everyone's going with this, but I, I also like the bird team. I'm, I'm just surprised. I thought more people would be into the Saints on this one. Oh, uh, wait, wait until we get to the next one. You're going to love that. Trish, Seahawks or Saints? I'm going to take the Saints. You're the, the only one taking New Orleans out of, the, out of the group. Any any reason as to why? I'm just curious. Uh, Well, I don't know. Is Jameis going to be healthy next week, actually? Uh, that I do not know. Not yeah, that's why he's not, you know what? No, give me the Seahawks. I mean, if Jameis isn't going to be healthy, I don't know. You don't want to risk it? But don't. Yeah. Which, which again, I, not, well, I understand. I'll say this. Although Dalton didn't, didn't play too bad with a banged up, uh, with a banged up New Orleans squad uh, last week in London. No, but he still didn't look great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know they didn't look great. One o'clock take, on CBS. Yeah. What was that, Trish? Were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say, like, I'll take the team that scored, you know, 30. So, 48 uh, points. 48 points last week. Yeah, whatever it was. One o'clock on CBS. The three and one Miami Dolphins head to MetLife Stadium to take on the two and two New York Jets. The Jets have failed to cover the spread in seven of their last eight games against AFC East opponents. And the, each of the Jets' last five home games against the Dolphins have gone under the total points line. Tony's taking the Dolphins. Tom is taking the Jets. Zach is taking the Jets. I'm taking the Dolphins on the road. John, Dolphins or Jets? I am taking the Jets here. Wow. Yeah, uh, we're, the Dolphins are missing, are expected to potentially be missing Xavier Howard, the groin injury. That's their number one corner, and uh, you know it's going to be a real test for our young, for our corner, young corners with Sauce Gardner on one side, DJ Reed on the other. So far, they've been some of the highest ranked corners in the league so far, four weeks in. But all depends on how our safeties can play against probably the best receiving combo in the league now after four weeks. Oh, do you know they're going to be hungry to get after Tyreek Hill after what happened in the offseason where Tyreek Hill re- refused a trade to the Jets and chose the Dolphins oh. instead? Oh, for the record, too, did you see what he said in that interview yesterday? State he literally... taxes is the it's... reason he didn't go to the Jets. So, <laughs> like, listen, I, I don't even mind. I feel been, I'm honestly, like, I feel a lot more vindicated with that. You know, it's like, you know, if he, if he had lied and said something like, Oh, I went to the Miami Dolphins because they're a quality organization that knows how to win a championship. I'd be like, get get the fuck out of here. You know, you're full of it. But you know, it's about the money. I get it. You know, you live in it's warm weather, you know, the beaches, no state taxes. <laughs> wow. Man. 
he's just going just all out on Tyree Kill. To be fair, and I said this at the time, and I will stand by it. If I had the choice to live in New Jersey or Miami, and I was able to make that choice, I would live in Miami. <laughs> I just it's, a, it's an easy choice to make if you're just deciding about where to comfortably live with your millions of dollars, you know. So yeah. Trish, are you gonna ride with John or are you gonna go with Miami? You know what? I'm going to ride with John. I'm going to make John feel good about himself. I'm going to say, and also, I'm going to be honest with you, the <laughs> only reason I'm riding with John is because of that, uh, like, bullshit they pulled on Pittsburgh last week, and I, somehow their quarterback ended up with a fucking touchdown. I hope that got picked up because Trish said, I'm going to make John feel good about himself, and John just went, oh, word? <laughs> 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 He's, well, he's yeah. not used to that here. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, your your team pulled a little bit of that uh, Philly magic, so I liked it. Listen, the Philly special is probably my favorite. Like, I just love that play so much. Just quarterbacks catching touchdowns. No good. It's we need more of that. Ever. In a battle oh. for first in the NFC South, the two and two Falcons traveled down to Tampa to take on the two and two Buccaneers. The Bucs have lost each of their last three home games as favorites and seven of the last eight games between the the Bucs and the Falcons have gone over the total points line. Everybody's taking the Bucs. Tony, Tom, and Zach, I'm also taking the Bucs. Are both of you going with Tampa or are you going with the Bird team? Give me Tampa. Tampa? Tampa, Trish? Yeah, I'll take Tampa. Yeah, I I was like, I was, I was looking through the list. I was like, man, somebody's picking Atlanta. I don't know who. But no, we all we all decided to go with the Buccaneers. Brady's going to take out his frustration with the paper with all the divorce paperwork on the birds. And you know, you know, uh, Brady loves playing the Falcons, and the Falcons love playing Tom Brady. I don't know. I feel like this whole thing could be traced back to the divorce papers. We're just hearing about them, right? Which means they've definitely been served. Like, what do you think he took off for those couple of weeks? A little bit ago in the beginning of the season, you know, in the preseason before now it's coming more and more clear that he was taking off those couple of weeks to get a fucking lawyer and figure out how much money he's going to try and save from this chick who's going to try and take everything he's earned. So, so like, you're, saying this, you're saying this is calculated by the Falcons for this news to come out now as a distraction? No, no. I think he's been dealing with this distraction all season, and that has contributed to his poor play that we've seen in the first three games of the season up until last night or, uh, you know, whenever he played over the weekend um, where he threw 300 and however many yards, and he looked really, really good. Um, it's the best up until that here. point, he's been dealing with all the woes of the divorce. Now he's finally finding his rhythm despite the divorce. The news coming out now, I feel like either is going to cause a hiccup or it's going to drive him further because he is going to get a lot of support from people online and he's going to get a lot of hate from people online. And as we all know, Tom Brady thrives on the hate. He also th- he does thrive under pressure. That's what, yes, he, does. what he is. Yeah. That's the type of guy he is. So, yeah. Tom Brady. What a- one o'clock on CBS. Oh, this one could be ugly too. The two and two Titans traveling to Washington to take on the one and three commanders. Each of the commanders last six games as home underdogs have gone under the total points line. 
and the underdogs have won four of the Titans' last five games. Tony is taking the Titans. Tom is taking the Commanders. Zach is taking the Titans. I'm going to go with the Commanders at home. John, are you going to go Titans or Commanders? Again, this is a team where I feel horrible picking either of them. Like, a, like because, honestly... You can always pick the tie. I mean, I don't even feel confident that... <laughs> but with that, like, I don't know, like... Uh, so you know what? Give me the Titans. Give me the Titans. Yeah, it's not a proud Titans, but it's the Titans. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not I don't think I've... Have I picked Washington? I don't even know if you would know, but I don't even know if I picked Washington at all this year. Uh, you want me to look for you? I think I might have picked week one against the Jags, but yeah, if you can find out. Okay, somehow. so you, you didn't week two. You didn't week three. I only picked you them one week. You didn't week four. so <laughs> I, only, I only picked them week one against the Jags, I'm pretty yeah, sure. I, be- I believe yeah. so. Uh, Trish, are you going to go Washington or Tennessee? Yeah, I'm going to take the Commanders. Starting off the four o'clock slate, the two and two San Francisco 49ers traveling to Carolina to take on the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers have failed to cover the spread in 10 of their last 11 games. Oh boy, that is not good. And each of the Niners last seven games have gone under the total points line. Tony is going Niners. Tom is going Niners. Zach's going Niners. As am I. Are either of you guys going Carolina? Hell no. Nope. There's no reason to be, I think, excited by what Carolina's been doing in recent weeks. I still or remember 20. in I, I still remember in 2019. Do you remember that insane blowout that Super Bowl Niners oh, team had yeah. against the Panthers? It was like 50 yeah. piece they dropped on them. Oh my god, yeah. Like that it'd be, was just uh it'd be just as ugly going. on Sunday. Just, that's all I'm saying. Niners are favored by six and a half, according to Barstool Sportsbook. Oh, John, this is your type of game, a battle of the bird teams. The 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles Ooh. traveling to Arizona to take on the 2-2 two and two Cardinals. The Cardinals have failed to cover the spread in each of their last seven home games, and the favorites have won each of the Eagles' last 10 games. Tony is going with the Eagles. So is Tom. So is Zach. So am I. Are you guys going both Eagles here? Yep. Yes, sir. The other bird team is an imposter. I can tell you that. There's an imposter among us. <laughs> 425 on Fox. We have talked about how big of a test this is for Cooper Rush. His Dallas Cowboys traveling to SoFi Stadium to de- take on the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. The Cowboys have won each of their last four games as moderate underdogs. Moderate underdogs, three and a half to seven points. And the Cowboys have covered the spread in nine of their last ten road games. Tony is taking the Rams. Tom is taking the Rams, and Zach is taking the Rams. I am taking the Dallas Cowboys on the road. I believe the the good strings will continue as the Rams have been kind of hit or miss so far this year. John, are you going Cowboys or Rams? I'm going to give the the Rams a chance to get back on track with the win against the Cowboys at home. Give me the Rams. Trish, are you going Cowboys-Rams? I'm going to take the Rams as well also. Something that I completely forgot to mention up until this moment right now. The Saints are the only team this season that plays all of the bird teams. Really? Really? Yes, they play all the bird teams. John, that's and your stat. They have an opportunity 
to do something that no team in the NFL has ever done, and that is beat all of the bird teams in one season. Oh, no. So they started it out beating Atlanta earlier in the season. They are now this week playing Seattle. So I'd like to switch my pick back to New Orleans Saints in the hopes (laughs) that they can beat all of the bird teams this season. (laughs) Positive thinking and positive momentum. I like that. You see, I I, I love that stat, Trish. I really do. But I'm not going to change my pick just in case it doesn't work out. If it if it does work out this week, then mark my words. Every time the Saints play a bird team the rest of the year, that's my pick. Well, there would only be two left. It would be the Cardinals and the Ravens after that. Oh, and the Eagles. My bad. There'd be three left. And those are three really tough fucking teams. Those tell tough, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize. The Saints play the Eagles this year, and they, and they own their pick. The Eagles, that's kind of funny. That's brutal. <laughs> Sunday night football on NBC, a good one this week in the AFC North. The two and two Bengals at the two and two Baltimore Ravens. The road team has won each of the Ravens' last six games, and each of the Bengals' last nine games have gone under the total points line. Tony's going Ravens. Tom's going Ravens. Zach's going Ravens. As am I. I am taking the Ravens at home. John, are you going to go bird team here? I want to, but I'm just. A clean sweep for the Ravens. Well, what what like what are you guys seeing about the Bengals that I'm not seeing that makes them so untakeable here? We're just brother. seeing. We're, we're, what was that, Trish? My brother. What do you mean? What are we seeing? Have you watched the Bengals this season? They've been playing pretty good the last two weeks, dude. They have been playing good, but I also like the. I think that Lamar is going to have a field day because again, this is he's coming off his worst game by far. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm that's why I'm taking Baltimore. Uh, you know what? I'll do it. This is gonna be a big game for Baltimore. Get I think get some. I think they're in the lead for the AFC North right now, right? Or is that are they tied with the Browns? Others? They're tied with the Browns and Bengals. Both are two and two. So All yeah. That they need being to... said, I'm taking the Bengals. <laughs> we almost clean swept them. Almost not almost not clean swept them, which is kind of crazy this late in the year. You know, see the thing is. I, I kind of want to take the Ravens, but the I really just feel like the Bengals receivers are gonna have a field day against that well, secondary. Well, John, you've yeah. got you've got somebody to go with now. Yeah, you can go with yeah, me. let's do it. Let's let's take ride the Bengals, the Bengals Yeah, we're taking Bengals, the Jets yeah. and we're taking the Bengals. <laughs> Monday night football on ESPN, the one and three Raiders traveling to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the three and one Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Each of the last four games between the Raiders and Chiefs has gone over the total points line, and the Chiefs have covered the spread in five of their last six home games against the Raiders. Tony's going Chiefs. Tom's going Chiefs. Zach's going Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. Are both of you riding Kansas City? Yes. The silence is telling me, yes, a clean sweep for Kansas Whoa, whoa, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. out. Hold on. That's me. I'm the hear me out. The Raiders have not won in Kansas City, I believe, since the bus game. Remember that game? Oh, my God. It's been that long? Wow. I believe. I believe. Look it up. I'm not sure. But I believe that was the last game they won in Kansas City. And I think they're due for another win in Kansas City. And I think they're due for another lap around that stadium. I just I just know last year, the two games that the Raiders had against Kansas City – they were not their best showings. I believe they got blown out by like 
to the tune of like 40 points in each of those games. Because mm. we we were pretty confident in the Raiders last year against the Chiefs because in 2020, the Raiders played the Chiefs tough. Yeah, they did. Absolutely, and that was the bus year. Yep, that was the bus year. They hopped in the bus after winning that game and drove around the stadium. Now, granted, that if that was the last home game that the, the Raiders had against the Chiefs, or, no, or that, was, just, that was the last away game the Raiders had against just, the, the just, last one that they won, just in general. Uh, but yeah, that you know, still though. Uh, so are you going Raiders? Yeah, I'm going Raiders. Ooh, that's deep. I'm a contrarian this week. We'll see how it pays off. I, I heard the gods speed at the end there. <laughs> anyway, that's gonna wrap up this episode. The Mets choke is is complete. Uh, uh, laugh, at, laugh at my pain. Uh, Frustrating. I, I not, well, no, Zach's gonna hear it harder. Uh or Zach's gonna hear it worse on Was um, well, Zach's gonna be definitely louder and more angry than us. I think we're just too dejected. Plus, John, you won't be on next episode. Yeah, unfortunately. I, w- I will be camping, so and, th- and there's a chance that I'm not either. So don't worry, we might be free. We, yeah, well, we, at least, at least we, we, our we won't be the worst of it. We are live for our pain. You know, that's why we have each uh, other to lean on. If the worst I have to deal with is a message from Tony in the group chat and a little chuckle from Trish right now, then <laughs> so Trish, be it. Trish, give a little chuckle. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Every episode of the Too Many Minute Podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Uh, the gang will be back sometime later this week, when day to be announced, uh, as we give our Sunday spreads. And yeah, thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Too Many Men. Bye, everybody.